Fort Worth. Global Catholic Radio Network. Welcome to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio, keeping you connected to your faith and your world. Teresa tackles the issues of faith and culture, the pro-life message, and media awareness. And now, here's Teresa Tamio. Hope you're having a good Friday morning. It is Friday, March 12, 2021. Can you believe it? On Sunday, entering into the next or the fourth week of Lent, it's going by very, very quickly. Stay close to us, and we have great resources for you to make this a very, very good and fruitful Lent, including on this very program here on a Friday and every day. Love chatting with Doug Keck. He's our president and chief operating officer of EWTN, and he's going to give us an update or the inside word, the scoop, as we call it, on the programming that will help you get through Lent, make the most of it, and beyond, leading into Holy Week and Easter and then Pentecost at every day. Hopefully, you can stick to us and watch online and listen online or listen in person in your local station, whatever way you choose we're here for you ewtn is everywhere thanks be to god so doug joins us at 9:15, and then a brief fact check friday i just want to talk about uh, the importance of uh, doing your best to make a difference and and i had a very interesting experience that i never thought would amount to anything and it happened to influence a journalism professor at a local college so i, I it, it's something that i kind of at first was reluctant to do but i did it because i thought you know what I have to practice what I preach, and I'm just going to put it out there and see what happens. I'll explain, uh, and the the positive fallout. So sometimes I think we look at a situation, and certainly with the media, it's it's very dire. Uh, it's it's just worse than we've ever seen it before in terms of uh, the agenda-driven media, the lack of facts, the double standards, the hypocrisy. We can see it with the immigration issue. We can see it with the immigration involving the nursing home deaths and COVID and Andrew Cuomo. Now he's finally starting to get some pushback from the media. But last summer, he was the darling of the media. Very few questions asked. Nobody was pressing him or other governors that were following in the same pattern. Now all of a sudden, uh, the media are saying, oh, gee, hmm, maybe there's something here. So it is important for us to respectfully, as Christians, we always need to be respectful, to push back, to raise awareness, to do what we can. And this is just one little story, not that it's any great big thing, but it's just an example of how talking to a person one-on-one can make a difference. And you can do the same thing, and I know many of you do. This is just one example, and I think you'll enjoy it. And then we'll wrap up by talking about Catholic Social Workers Month. We're going to have a representative on with us from the National Association of Catholic Social Workers and how they work with both body and soul and are trying to influence an area of, of work, a vocation that often overlooks the soul part of things and merely tries to take care of the body and how those two have to come together. So I think it'll be an interesting conversation. I was actually privileged to be one of their speakers at their um, national conference a few years ago. So we'll talk about the great work of social workers, especially Catholic social workers who are addressing body and soul. That's coming up at 39 minutes past the hour. Okay, here's when I can say this because it's really true. Morning, morning, Will Robinson, danger approaching. For those of us uh, old enough to remember, lost in space. This is very, very serious, though, all kidding aside and sitcoms aside. There's a really, really big storm that's moving into several parts of the country. And so if you are in these areas, the Rockies, the Western Plains, 
stay home, stay safe, don't go out in the roads because it's going to be huge. It's going to be a massive storm. A severe storm threatening millions of Americans with several feet of snow and possible tornadoes. We'll have another story about this in the news coming up. But the storm is expected to dump heavy snow in the Rockies and Western Plains. Denver could be in for one of the largest snowstorms, not just in the last few years, but in the city's history. And now people in Texas, Oklahoma, and Kansas are also being warned of possible tornadoes, large hail, and torrential downpours, as if the poor people in Texas haven't been through enough in the last month or so. But heads up, some bad storms coming your way if you live in those areas, and please stay safe and stay home until the worst passes by. All right, so that's a look at the forecast. Let's uh, get right to the news right now because, as you can imagine, on a Friday morning, even though we're moving into the weekend, it's very busy. And a reminder, if you're looking for uh, some spiritual nourishment, two great conferences coming up, a conference for men. You heard Joe Conda from Catholic Speakers talking about it earlier this week and a conference for women. We have the Catholic Men's Conference in Cincinnati, which really is not just in Cincinnati anymore, even though that's the root of it, and also the National Conference for Catholic Women, a virtual conference. And you'll find information on the Women's Conference on my homepage at teresatomio.com slash events, and then on my Facebook page. And for the Men's Conference, you simply can Google Catholic Men's Conference online, and it's already underway, I believe. No, it starts tomorrow morning, and it's it's very nice because it's um, half a day. So you can sit down with your family. They're encouraging women to join in with their husbands to watch this men's conference. You heard Joe Condon talking about that this weekend. So just throwing those out there, something you might want to do, especially, let's say, if you're going to be inside because of the storm. Why not settle the storms in your life and tune into great spiritual instruction? Just saying. All right. Here we go. Lots of news, as I mentioned. It is five minutes past the hour on a Friday morning edition of Catholic Connection on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Well, each year the church taking up a collection on Good Friday to assist Christians in the Holy Land that help protect the holy places. In a letter addressed to the bishops of the world, the cardinal prefect of the congregation for the Eastern Churches calling on Christians to offer their generous support to this year's initiative. As Vatican Radio's Christopher Wells tells us, Cardinal Leonardo Sandri is once again appealing to Christians throughout the world to support the annual Holy Land Collection that will take place on Good Friday. For Christians of the Holy Land, as for the rest of the world, 2020 was a year of trials, says Cardinal Sandri, due to necessary isolation, the loss of work on account of the lack of pilgrims, and the difficulties in living with dignity and providing for their children. He notes, too, that due to the pandemic, the economic aid normally provided by the Holy Land Collection also fell short last year. Citing Pope Francis, Cardinal Sandri invites Christians to consider the figure of the Good Samaritan as a model of active charity and to help overcome attitudes of indifference. In these circumstances, Cardinal Sandri expresses his hope that this year's Holy Land Collection will be an opportunity for everyone not to ignore the difficult situation of our brothers and sisters in the holy places, but rather to lighten their burdens. Pope Francis officially designating Knox Shrine in Ireland as Catholic News Agency reports as an international Marian and Eucharistic shrine on the Feast of St. Joseph next week. The Irish Catholic Bishops' Conference announcing yesterday the Pope will give Knox Shrine official recognition and send a video message to the shrine on the night of March 19th. On a very rainy August 21st of 1879, 15 official witnesses 
saw an apparition of the Blessed Mother, St. Joseph, St. John the Evangelist, angels, and Jesus as a Lamb of God. On the south gable of the town church, Vatican officials found the apparition at Knock to be trustworthy and satisfactory after two separate commissions, one in 1879, the other in 1936. The designation comes two years after a miraculous healing involving Eucharistic adoration at the Knock Shrine in 1989 was officially recognized by the Vatican. As we mentioned earlier, nearly 20 million Americans will be under the threat of severe storms over the next three days. Historic snowfall and heavy rain threatening flash flooding from the Rockies to the Mississippi River Valley. A slow-moving weather system could produce the biggest snowfall in decades along the eastern Rockies and the western plains, and they say it's going to start today. The National Weather Service office in Cheyenne, Wyoming, forecasting very difficult to nearly impossible travel conditions across all of southeastern Wyoming, and the Nebraska Panhandle. Meanwhile, Denver could be in for one of the largest snowstorms in the city's history. Xcel Energy's Director of Community Affairs, Holly Horvath, says they're preparing. We've increased the number of employees and also contractors so that we can quickly respond if we do end up getting into a situation where we've got to restore power to several, uh, several customers. The system could reach the Central Rockies tomorrow night into Sunday, bringing high winds along with the snow. The biggest snowstorm on record for Denver brought in nearly 46 inches way back in 1913. The Colorado Department of Transportation advising folks not to be on the roads during the heaviest of snow this weekend. Spokeswoman Tamara Rollison says crews will be on the roads early. They'll be working in earnest um, you know, later on today. What they'll be doing is everything will be um, located strategically. They'll begin plowing when there is enough snow to pick up on the roads. Forecasters say a potentially massive storm could zero in on the Mile High City this week and dropping as much as two feet of snow. In some areas, they say, around the Mile High City, it could reach three feet or above. Scott Pringle tells us New York State Democrats are now setting up an impeachment investigation into Governor Andrew Cuomo. Sources tell the Albany Times Union this impeachment inquiry will include both the sexual harassment claims involving the governor and how his office handled nursing home patients. Well, that means lawmakers from the Judiciary Committee can subpoena documents, do interviews, and evaluate evidence. Yesterday, more lawmakers, including New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio, called for Cuomo's resignation. This comes after the latest accuser alleges the governor groped her in the governor's mansion last year. The governor says he has never touched anyone inappropriately. More than 100,000 illegal immigrants apprehended last month at the southwest border. Congressional Republicans are laying the blame at the feet of President Biden. President Biden announced that it was his priority to offer citizenship for 11 million undocumented immigrants. What did he think would happen? House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy is saying the number of migrant children detained at the border has tripled in two weeks and they're being held in jail-like settings. The number of migrants who have tested positive for the coronavirus has nearly doubled in Texas. Republicans are calling on the Biden administration to reinstate that they remain in Mexican protocol or Mexico protocol. Security will be tight in Louisville, Kentucky this weekend on the anniversary of Breonna Taylor's death. The 26-year-old black EMT was shot and killed during a drug raid on her home. Demonstrations are expected with organizers saying they're still seeking justice for her because so far no officers have been directly charged with her death. Joe Biden is calling for states to make all adults eligible for the COVID-19 shots by May 1st. In a speech in the White House yesterday, his first in prime time as president, 
Biden said his administration is urging everyone to get vaccinated. Biden also discussing the massive stimulus package passed this week, and pro-life advocates are very concerned about the lack of protections in that measure against public funding of abortion. Brian Shook tells us about a new survey with some interesting numbers suggesting, among other things, part of the uh, Republican Party, the men in that party, say they don't intend on getting the coronavirus vaccine. The PBS NewsHour NPR Marist poll shows 49% don't plan to get the shot. On the other hand, most Democrats said they would get the vaccine or have already been inoculated. The poll showed roughly 30% of all Americans would not roll up their sleeves. There are currently three federally approved vaccines to help slow the spread of the virus. More than 98 million doses have been administered so far in the U.S. The Florida Education Association is holding a virtual news conference today, marking the one-year anniversary of the school shutdown in that state. Broward parent Ron Valise says this took a major mental toll on his sons, who are in elementary and middle school. They're becoming more antisocial. Their behaviors are changing. I've noticed it in my own, you know, my own kids. You know, I just noted the attitude changing towards me. Florida schools reopened back in October. Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton, as Tom Roberts tells us, is now suing the Texas city of Austin for not lifting their mask mandate. The suit comes after Governor Greg Abbott rolled back the measure statewide. In a letter to the city's mayor, Paxton pointed out state law supersedes local law. Mayor Steve Adler says Austin businesses asked him to keep the mask mandate in place as a shield. Fans of the Cuyahoga County Fair in Ohio can look forward to having a good time this summer, according to their governor, Mike DeWine. Yesterday, he issued revised orders saying that fairs can go on as usual, provided organizers and fairgoers abide by COVID health guidelines. It certainly is possible that by the time we get to the second month of fairs, or even possibly the first month of fairs in June, uh, we may be off the uh, health orders. We don't know. The guidelines include mask wearing and social distancing, 25% capacity limits will be in place for indoor grandstands, 30% for outdoor grandstands. The governor put major restrictions on fares around Ohio last year, leading many, including Cuyahoga counties, to be canceled outright. This year, the Cuyahoga County Fair is set to run August 10th through August 15th. And finally, in our new segment at 14 minutes past the hour, there's a new way to escape to the beach every single day but it's not a cheap way. A private island in the Bahamas going up for auction. It's called Little Ragged Island, also known as St. Andrews Island. Sounds dreamy, described as having 730 acres of rolling hills and pristine beaches, along with freshwater ponds and enough space to build a golf course or resort. It's isolated, the closest island 10 minutes away by boat. The asking price, however, is a little bit steep. $19 million. Although, if you think about property, maybe that's not that much for an island. I don't know. Not that I've ever looked at buying an island, but, you know, who knows. $19 million. And if you're interested, bidding starts March 26th. There you go. 15 minutes past the hour. It is a Friday morning edition of Catholic Connection, and that means Doug Keck coming up with the inside word. Don't touch that dial and reland. Great stuff coming up. Location, location, relocation. Studies show more than a third of college students transfer, and half of those with more than once. Reminds us of St. Augustine's quote, Our souls are restless until they rest in thee. At Ave Maria University, we challenge a group to visit us, stroll down our palm tree paths, spike a shot on our sand volleyball court, or partake in an outdoor devotion. There's a reason when students visit Ave Maria, they tend to stay. Ave Maria University, your relocation destination. Visit AveMaria.edu. 
Do you own popular index mutual funds or ETFs? If so, you're automatically owned shares of companies that conflict with your moral beliefs. Ave Maria mutual funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors can invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual funds. The experienced professional portfolio managers make decisions based on investment fundamentals and pro-life values. You can learn more about Ave Maria mutual funds today at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. In Nicaragua, many children grow up in rural areas not knowing what it's like to have clean, safe drinking water. Their water sources are often shared with farm animals, and the water is infested with high levels of bacteria. Together, we can change that. Cross Catholic Outreach works with local Christian partners providing clean, abundant water to families in need. This dramatically transforms the health and the lives of generations to come. To learn more, visit crosscatholic.org transform. People ask how they can care for older family members who can't fully care for themselves. One answer is Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Visiting Angels assists adults nationwide with 600 locations to continue living at home and not have to move into a nursing home. Their caregivers provide assistance in hygiene, meals, and light housework. Services are provided up to 24 hours per day, and you can select your caregiver before service begins. More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com. We're having a very nice Friday, and stay safe out there in the areas that are going to be affected by a major storm. My goodness, it's looking really, really rough, so stay off the road, stay safe, but stay listening and viewing and watching online, whatever your favorite uh, form of technology is to EWTN, all the great resources that we talk about every Friday with our friend Doug Keck can be found at EWTN.com. Doug, thanks for joining us and can't believe we're entering into the fourth week of Lent already. Holy cow, right? Absolutely. Thank you so much, uh, Teresa, having me on each week. So what's coming up? Well, obviously, you know, St. Joseph, uh, this month and next week we have a five-part miniseries airing in our gallery slot. People can check that out with uh, five special programs produced out of Rome with talks specifically about the various roles and virtues of St. Joseph. So that's at 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time uh, next week, so people can check that out. we also going to feature the classic meditations on St. Joseph with Father Benedict Groeschel on the 18th. And then They Might Be Saints, a new program uh, on Father Al Schwartz, who, who worked with some uh, wonderful children in the Far East for many, many years, and that's coming up on the 16th. That's next week as well. So um, that's the uh, anniversary of his death, and he's uh, declared a venerable. So uh, that's mm-hmm. Father Al Schwartz. Uh, another one of our They Might Be Saints series, which I know have proved quite popular. We also have uh, next week we're going to be airing on actually this Sunday – we're going to be having a couple of talks from the Napa Institute last year, one with Mr. Fran Mayer, the other one with your friend, uh, Father John Ricardo. Yay. Uh, so people can look for that as well. And, of course, next week we've got a whole slew of St. Patrick's Day programming on the 17th that people can check out. And we also have, of course, the EWTN News In-Depth, the second week's episode uh, on tonight. And uh, the, the movie for this weekend is St. Martin de Porras. So just Aww. a few of the highlights for people to check out. Go to EW10.com for all the information. And uh, and remember that so much of our program is available on demand, so you can check that out on our website as well. Now, I believe you're also going to be highlighting something at the Shrine of St. Joseph in Wisconsin next Friday too, right? 
that's coming right. up. Right. We, yeah. we have a big special uh, mass that's going to be coming out of there. We're working with our friend Oscar Delgado on Yay. that. And uh, you know Oscar. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, he's been working overtime on this one. So, we're, yes, we are looking forward to that as well. And people see promotion next week happening, uh, talking specifically about the event. We'll also be featuring some special uh, reflections that have been done as well on our web uh, pages on Facebook uh, done by various bishops uh, talking about St. Yeah. Joseph in honor of that event. They're doing, I guess it's an online um, kind of a virtual event, and they asked me to be the uh, the MC, the Master of Ceremonies, so I'm going to be introducing it. So I'm excited because it's going to be leading right into your coverage at the Shrine, which is nice. Absolutely. And then, as you indicated, you know, that's the multi-platform at, yeah. at aspect of everything in the sense that EWTN's everywhere in the sense that you know if it's on the radio if you're in your on your phone if you're on your ipad if you're on your computer you know if you're watching whatever direct tv cable tv fill in the blank every resource uh, there's an opportunity not only to get our programming but ultimately uh, all various aspects of great catholic programming are available and we're just trying to make it as easy as possible for people to find it but if you think about that, when you combine the various platforms and compare it, Doug, to where we say were, say, you know, 20 years ago, 25 years ago, when we were more limited mm-hmm. to, let's say, a, a broadcast format or a cable format, can you, like, compare that? I mean, not that you didn't have a big outreach sure. then, but it has to have an impact, I would think, on, on the amount of people you reach. Well, certainly it, it, it indicates uh, an incredible growth worldwide, and certainly uh, internationally, you know, um, we have... Uh, channels in England and all over the world and, and special channels in Poland uh, and we have EWT in Nordic we're working with some people in Norway we're working with some people in Romania you know I mean it's we have a channel in Ukraine I mean it's just mind-boggling in some ways if you look at all the different places the the gospel is is reaching not that it wasn't there before but people are looking for that reinforcement that gets provided uh, initially in whether English or Spanish, but now many times being able to be converted into the local language is, makes it even more impactful in Hungary and things like that. And also when it comes to, you know, between shortwave and satellite radio and Internet radio and Internet streaming and all of those things, I mean, just from an affiliate basis, you know, without getting into, you know, counting people on the Internet, right. uh, we're, we're looking at well over 350 million homes worldwide. And so, you know, 20 years ago, we might have been talking about, you know, 80 million homes or something like that. So you're t- probably yes. talking about 400 percent wow. increase uh, without even going getting into how many people can get you off the Internet. Now, what about the, the radio affiliates? That's that's just tripled mag- in the, and by leaps and right. bounds, right? Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, the number of radio affiliates certainly in the United States has continued to grow. Uh, we have those and uh, as well up in, the you know, I think there's about 500 stations give or take in the United States, well over 350 of those are carrying EWTN programming provided by us and working with Ave Maria. And then, mm-hmm. of course, those are, you know, we have our shortwave network that's going around the world. We also have satellite radio that's available in many places. And, uh, you know, we have a special feed for Ireland and the U.K. as well that uh, Mike Peters, our radio guy, is working on all the time. So we're, we're improving that as well. So we're really trying to do things, you know, in all different formats, initially to to kind of broadcast in, then ultimately, as Mother would want us to do, really kind of then make it specific for that marketplace, um, you know, and uh, so that's really what we're working on. 
It is absolutely incredible. And, and when people say to themselves, I'd really like to do something, but I, I don't think I'm, I'm good enough, I don't think I'm smart enough, and yet if Mother Angelica had that attitude, Right. We would never be here today. Well, we'd say welcome to the club, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, that's, you know, you know. I remember one time uh, Bishop Sheen was talking to this woman, she, and he said, "Why don't you become a Catholic?" And he's and she said, "Well, it's full of hypocrites." He said, "Well, we've got room for one more." You know, I mean, so you know, it's not a problem. Uh, there's plenty of hypocrites in here. So I mean, that's uh, one of the things I think uh, as well that. Uh, you know, it's amazing, you know, but it is exactly what you said. And what's great about, I think, technology today um, is that it, it isn't that difficult. And the other thing I think was important to realize is, as we all realize, whether it's ministries or apostolates or religious orders, everybody's got a different call. Some people are called to pray for the work of others. Some people are, are called to provide sustenance or financial support because that's what they can really do. Other people are the kind of people who can help raise money. Some people are the people who are going to go out and start the operation and get it going. And some people are the people who are working in the secular media or the secular world who realize they want to move from money to meaning and they want to do something important and they're willing to you know, uh, commit themselves to do that like you did yourself and other people, you know, Al Like Presta, you did, like you did that, it too, that, yeah. You know, mm -hmm. uh, Ray Arroyo, right. um, you know, who, who left the, the secular world to work in, uh, in Catholic media and, and to bring, hopefully, uh, the, what we learned over the years in, in the business uh, to help where we can to improve the quality of the, of the programming so that we have you know, first-class professional television programming and radio programming. And, you know, obviously we can always get better. A lot of that is practice. A lot of it is also financially. You know, right. People look at things and wonder why you don't have it. You say, well, you know how much money that, that, right. that program costs yeah. to produce? So. Mm -hmm. And that's why we encourage folks to, to pray for us first and, of course, to become a partner of ours and support uh, radio and TV. And you can do all that by going to EWTN.com. Great conversation, Doug. Have a good always. weekend. We'll talk next Friday. You too, my friend. God bless. Okay, and we will be right back. Fact Check Friday coming up. The Ladies Auxiliary of the Discalced Carmelite Nuns of the Most Holy Trinity invites you to their Divine Affair fundraiser. The event will be held on Saturday, March 13th from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. at the Shady Oaks Country Club in Fort Worth. There will be great fun, food, and fellowship to be had at this event. The cost is $30 and reservations are necessary. Please contact Sandy Fallon at 817-715-0029 for more information. Due to COVID-19 restrictions, masks will be required. Are you looking for a place to get your work done? WorkSuites provides full-service offices, meeting rooms, and co-working spaces for professionals seeking privacy and productivity. The suites come furnished, wired, and move-in ready. WorkSuites is a new sponsor of KATH 910 AM and is owned by Flip Howard from St. Thomas Aquinas Parish in Dallas. Flip invites you to call 888-312-WORK or visit WorkSuites.com to see if WorkSuites fits your business needs. That's WorkSuites.com. The Diocese of Fort Worth Vocations Office invites all men in high school and college to attend a weekly holy hour and series of discernment topics on Thursday evenings of Lent. This event will be held at St. Patrick Cathedral in Fort Worth. The evening will start with holy hour at 6 p.m., followed by dinner and a discussion of topics on prayer, seminary life, and the priesthood. Please RSVP the Friday before the event by calling 817-945-9321.
Looking for a Catholic university where the greatest works of Western and Catholic tradition are the foundation for learning, all in an environment that is faithful to the magisterium? Recommended by the Cardinal Newman Society, the University of Dallas offers an exceptional liberal arts education, preserving the wisdom of the past while preparing students for world-changing futures. Academically excellent, always faithful. Apply today at udallas.edu. Welcome back. 28 minutes past the hour. It is a Friday morning, and I try every week to do something that I began uh, during the election last year called Fact Check Friday because the media were so just uh, um, lacking in accurate reporting and just, uh, you know, coated with, with, with agenda and bias and double standards, hypocrisy all over the place, and, and it continues. Although, I will say, after the election, now that the person they wanted in the White House is there, they are starting to speak out about issues they should have spoke out about a long time ago, including the fact that uh, the new man in the White House has not had one press conference, and even when he was out on the campaign trail, did not talk to reporters that much and pretty much stayed uh, really underground for the most part. That's just a fact. He he stayed in the basement a lot of the times and, and was not out on the campaign trail, and when he was, he didn't spend a lot of time with the media. That is problematic. The media should have access to the most powerful man in the world, as in the President of the United States. And so taking a look at how things are just uh, still uh, very skewed in our secular press, many people say, oh, well, let's just ignore it. Let's just not pay any attention to it. Well, someone said that on my Facebook page the other day, and I said that's part of the problem and how we got in here you know, in the first place, how we got to this situation. It seems overwhelming. It seems daunting. But I think what Doug was speaking of before the break in our um, you know, update every Friday that he gives us is that one person can make a difference. I mean, contemporarily speaking, Mother Angelica is a great example of that. Had she said, oh, I'm just going to ignore it, I'm just going to ignore the horrible catechesis, I'm just going to continue to pray and be a, you know, a good, poor, Claire nun, which she also continued to do, but I'm not going to make an effort to do this crazy thing that God's calling me to do to start a Catholic network in the middle of the Southern Baptist region, right? I mean, the whole thing is, is just so, when you look at it, you're like, what? And yet here we are, decades later, with EWTM being the largest religious media organization in the world. It all starts with the willingness to you know, just speak up. And it doesn't mean you have to hold a major protest or you know uh, go stand on some soapbox somewhere. A lot of times it's just one-on-one conversation that can make a big difference. And so let me give you an example. And I was talking about this with my uh, uh, fellow co-host on Ave Maria Radio, Vanessa Denhagarma. We do a segment in the first hour of my program, usually every Monday, where we take a look at the big news stories, and we call it In the News. And we give our, our take and describe you know, the situation and maybe how we would have handled it when we were news reporters uh, many years ago. And this came up during then, and we decided to really talk about the effect of one-on-one evangelization. Because if you know the great work of Father John Ricardo, he's been talking about this a lot, that we have to get back to the basics of speaking to people one-on-one. Radio is a very personal medium, so I think that that really fulfills that purpose as well. But I'm talking also, in addition to the outreach that we have on EW10 and all of our affiliates, your witness one-on-one, having a conversation with someone, inviting them to Mass, going out and having a cup of coffee with them, and maybe having a conversation with someone in the media or about the media. 
Case in point, a couple of weeks ago, I was um, visiting with my hairdresser, going to her salon and getting my hair done, and she has been doing my hair for eons since I was in the secular media, and she's a sweetheart, and uh, <laughs> I can remember her wedding, I can remember where her children were born, while her oldest daughter is now a sophomore in college and a little dynamo, and she is studying journalism and doing really well. And every time I get my hair cut, she asks her mom when I'm coming in, and she comes to the salon and hangs out and asks me questions and whatnot. And so last month, she comes marching in, and she's, okay. She says, I have to do this paper on ethics and journalism, and I'm supposed to interview someone in the media. Can I interview you? And I said, sure. So the first question out of her, her sweet little mouth, she says, okay, what were some of the big ethical issues you saw in the secular media. So I'm thinking to myself, how much time do we have? So I thought, hmm, it's interesting. She's going to be presenting this in the class and turning in a paper, but also presenting it. And, you know, with some of these journalism schools right now, you just don't know where the professors are coming from. Oftentimes they're teaching advocacy, not basic journalism 101. And I said, well, I'm just going to put it out there and tell her some of my experiences. And so I began because I've never discussed politics with my hairdresser. It's just we just don't get into it. We talk about life. We talk about the kids. We talk about my grandnieces, you know, things like that. Once in a while we'll talk about things, but it, it's just not, I think, um, you kind of have to test the waters and see what's appropriate and what's not appropriate given your audience. But in this case, the opportunity to directly speak about the media, it was right there. Besides, I said, well, I said, let's look at the issue, first of all, of sexism. And she said, sexism? I said, yes. I said, there are so many double standards in the media, especially the broadcast media, where they sit there and talk about, oh, they're all about diversity, and oh, they always talk about how they just want to support the advancement of women. And yet, how do they force women to dress on camera, especially those who are on set, compared to how they, force, how they tell men to dress? And men can grow old on TV, they can lose their hair, they can gain weight, a whole different set of circumstances for women. So it's very sexist. At the same time, the media also are the first to jump on a politician who has, you know, depending, of course, I didn't get into this, I didn't have enough time to this, but depending on where they stand politically, if someone in the public is accused of sexual harassment, that's a big story. And yet, how many cases of major, major sexual harassment have we seen in the secular media across the board, whether it was CBS, whether it was NBC, whether it was some of the big personalities at, at Fox News, across the board. And yet for years, while all this is going on, they're pointing the finger at everybody else. And then the other thing, and that was only just getting started, is this whole idea of diversity, which, of course, is very important. Now, the media, when you look at them, they have a good job of representing various groups of people. They're very good at hiring more African-Americans and Asian-Americans and women, but at the same time, they have groupthink. There's a diversity in terms of hiring quotas, but there's no diversity in opinion. And that's not what the media are supposed to be. They're supposed to be representing the various people in society and reflecting the views of people. And not everyone thinks the same way the media do. And then, of course, I wrapped up by talking about media bias and that there should be more balance in stories and fewer attacks of people who are more conservative. And so I gave her some statistics, I gave her some studies, and she's writing notes, and she's so excited. I'm thinking, okay, this is either going to go really well or really poorly. 
And I was thinking to myself, I wonder how this journalism professor is going to receive this, because I'm, I'm fairly well known, even though I've been off the air in secular media in Detroit for a while. But my hairdresser texted me last week and said she got an A on the report. So the moral of the story here, making a long story short, or wrapping up a long story, is that putting that information out there and having this young, very uh, vibrant woman who wants to go into communications and do a good job, give her information, a little bit of an inside look at what happens in the media, and presenting it to her professor, wherever that person may be coming from, to think a little bit maybe differently about how he or she approaches teaching journalism. And the way they teach young journalists is going to have a long-term impact on those who go out there and then report the news for a living. And that was just one conversation I had with one young woman. You can do the same. We all can do the same. This one-on-one evangelization, meeting people where they're at and being honest, respectful, and loving, but not hiding the truth. That's our Fact Check Friday today. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. In observance of the Feast of St. Joseph, Dallas Bishop Edward Burns invites all men to a special men's mass on Thursday, March 18th, the vigil of the Solemnity of St. Joseph at 7 p.m. at St. Francis of Assisi Catholic Church in Frisco. Bishop Burns says it is important for the men of the Diocese of Dallas to come together to celebrate and reflect on the examples St. Joseph still provides for men today. Seating occupancy is limited due to COVID protocols, and those interested in attending are encouraged to arrive early. Hello, Catholic Life Insurance is a family-focused company that offers life insurance and retirement benefit plans. We are proud to support the mission of Catholic Radio on KATH 910 AM. To learn more about Catholic Life Insurance, you can contact Larry Linson or David Walker in our Dallas office at 972-484-3000. Again, 972-484-3000. We look forward to hearing from you. Hi, this is Dave here at the station. While March is here and spring is knocking on the door, and so is our Spring share here at the Guadalupe Radio Network, it will be Tuesday, March 23rd through Friday, March 26th, and the theme is Celebrating the Year of St. Joseph. I'm so grateful for your support of this station and ask that you prayerfully consider calling in that week with a pledge of support so we can keep broadcasting the gospel message of Jesus Christ right here on KTH 910 AM. Thank you. Loretta House in Denton is a pregnancy resource center that serves women dealing with unplanned pregnancies. They provide free pregnancy testing and free ultrasounds. Clients receive material goods like diapers, baby items, clothing, parenting classes, and more. Loretta House is an official apostolate of the Diocese of Fort Worth. All services are provided free of charge and remain completely confidential. Many babies are saved and many hearts changed. For more information, visit LorettaHouse.org or call 940-380-8191. March is National Social Workers Month. So what exactly do social workers do and what difference does it make if you're a Catholic or in general a Christian social worker? We'll 
tackle that topic with our guest, Beverly Talk, and she has a very impressive bio in terms of her great work in social work, and she's practiced in Virginia clinical settings for more than 25 years, but working closely with diverse church communities in a number of different states, and she's also worked in Washington, D.C. for a number of faith-based programs for homeless men and women typically impacted by addiction and incarceration, and also just working in the areas of emotion, relationship, and family healing insights and drawn from a number of works that she's done over the years uh, in healing uh, ministry. So it's just great to have her on to talk about this. Beverly, this is an important month to recognize the work of those in the social work community, but do you think most people understand what social workers do? Good morning. Thanks for joining us. Good morning. And, and the answer is no, no, I don't. I mean, I think probably it's a positive impression in terms of being people who work with those who are in desperate situations, uh, who are homeless, and as you mentioned, addic- uh, and people in addiction and uh, families in trauma. But it's actually, in my view, it's more than most healing professions, that is people in medicine, mental health, and those types of professions. Social work deals with a whole person. And I, I would say I didn't even get this until I was well into the profession and, and worked alongside others. And this is not to in any way diminish the work of others. It's just that it's a different training and a different perspective. So you deal not only with the person's immediate circumstance. You know, maybe mm-hmm. they've just been there, they've got cancer and have no medicine and no medical help or a family that's just, uh, dissolved and has and has been uh, booted out of their housing, all kinds of those, those issues. But um, we also deal holistically with, even historically, what's the generational pattern? It's, it's really interesting how much uh, research ends up being in sync with Scripture, because even biblically there's such an emphasis on generational patterns mm-hmm. and how one generation sort of, starts habits that are still in place four generations later and are part of why everything blows up. Right. So, uh, and research shows this as well. So we just come at the human condition from holistic perspective, and of course that includes spiritual uh, well-being as well. So what type of, I know it's difficult when you face many challenges, what would you say recently would be some of the pushback you're getting in particular as an Catholic social worker? Well, I think the culture in general uh, have become ever more, uh, not just ignorant matters of faith, but even hostile. Mm-hmm. And, and it has a lot to do with worldview. I mean, if you, though you can even go beyond a Christian community, there are people of, who come, have a worldview and believe in a creator, believe in, in God, that there is a superior being to whom we are accountable, but also who can uh, be helpful helpful in our lives, um, but who also has standards to which he calls us to live. If you believe that, you're in a very different zone than people who believe that's just irrelevant. So we are in a situation where, um, but I view um, uh, difficulties really as opportunities. It's a new opportunity to live out the faith in a different kind of way and to speak to people's hearts. Because, you know, so for example, if I'm dealing with people who aren't have no interest in faith, and especially, let's say, in the professional realm, you know, I am going to point out research that shows that that faith is an advantage even in addiction recovery. 
Sure. In marital relations. Even prayer. the teenagers. Yeah, you look at prayer connection career. to marital relations, especially, yeah. Absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah. And even with teenagers, and there's such trauma right now, even with suicide rates uh, up among teenagers. But here's what we know, that teenagers who get serious about their faith end up with greater resistance to depression, to anxiety, end up more stable across the board, it really in school end up uh, rising academically, partly because they have more stability internally and aren't spending half their time just worried about what the next person thinks. Right. And they tend to rise in leadership as well. So I have often said to parents, you're worried about this teenager, but you're hardly ever, you know, and you're a Christian and or a Catholic, but you're hardly ever in church. This is a problem. And the reason it's a problem is that the faith community can bolster this teenager. They get active in the youth group and so on. Now, I can't proselytize as a licensed professional. But when I'm dealing with person, uh, someone who already believes this, but they're just not tapping into the advantages, in fact, that the faith community offers them, it's, it would be almost malpractice not to say to them, think about it. You're already on this page, but you're not really tapping into it, and you can mm-hmm. have a lot of advantages, which are pretty remarkable. But even if you can't witness per se in in the regular setting, because you have that Mm -hmm. evidence, as you said, and and the evidence is all around, I know, because I've included it in many of my books, you could hand a study or a survey or or the the evidence backing up what you believe, correct? Well, and I do, and I think it would be irresponsible not to. Now, you have to handle it properly. Right, right. I mean, I always think if there were a tape recorder here and they go run off and uh, give it to somebody, uh, is that a problem? Well... Not if you handle it properly. So, for example, I'm thinking in a county uh, addiction program where I did some work during grad school. Um, in that program, they actually allowed people, and this was government, to either go to like an NA or a Narcotics Anonymous or Alcoholics Anonymous meeting and report back. Now, these were court-ordered people, so they had to do <laughs> what the program said. But Or they could go to church and report back on sermons. Now, wh- how can they do that? How, well, how can the government say to somebody, here are your choices? Well, that's because the research showed that there was an advantage to the faith component when it came to re- addiction recovery. So in a way, it's really irresponsible, isn't it? I mean, almost malpractice. If you know, if you have a bottle of pills that's going to help somebody kick some habit that's just, that is life-threatening, and you refuse to even tell them, and it's even free, that's just irresponsible. So I view it the same way. Yeah. But yeah. you can't, what you can't do then is somebody's not interested. You have to, you know, you have to respect the fact that that's where they are. They're not interested. Mm-hmm. But I would say generally that's, that's not the way it is. You know, people want help and they want to heal. So yes, there are just many opportunities. We're talking with uh, Beverly Talk, who's a licensed social worker with the Catholic Social Workers National Association. The website is cswna.org. It's a growing organization continuing to promote the teachings of Jesus and the Catholic Church. They're seeking to bring forth a culture of life by promoting the Catholic social teachings in the area of social work while keeping faithful to the magisterium of the Roman Catholic Church. You've been at this for a while, Beverly. You've got a great amount of experience in different settings, as, as we've heard from your, from your passion for social work. Do you see, given the climate we're in, it's been bad for a while, but there, there's lawsuits everywhere against everybody, and with the way we're going in terms of gender ideology, obviously directly against uh, what we believe as Catholics and the dignity of the human person, 
Where do you see future challenges possibly in social work for Catholics in the industry? Well, I think the, that the challenges are across the board in every licensed profession. And, the, and so my advice to people of faith is you better start networking and you better start organizing. I mean, we're citizens and we have rights just as everybody else does. So, and we also have a constitution that protects our rights uh, as our, of faith, of active faith. But the constitution isn't worth the paper it's written on if it's ignored. Right. And and as we know, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. So mm-hmm. as by nature, we tend to be um, non-confrontational. We tend not to demand rights. And, and that's well and good to a point. But there comes a point where you better stand up for yourself. And, it, and I must say, it reminds me so much of the early days in the, in, of the Nazis. And so people get all nervous when you mention the term Nazi, so you can think of a lot of other situations. So I, but it's just that there are certain patterns that develop. Mm-hmm. So uh, w- whether it's the Nazis who began making the Jews wear stars and begin targeting them, them in that way, or in Rwanda, in that Africa, and of course, I've lived in Africa and worked in Africa, so I'm I'm very aware of what could happen there. So in Rwanda, when the government radio stations went on and said smush the cockroaches, yep. one tribe knew exactly what that meant. That it meant go murder your neighbor right. or from the other tribe, and it happened. Yep. So just on a dime, and so people think it can't happen there. Oh my! Why do you assume that? Of course, it can happen here because human nature is human nature, and the evil is all of us have some evil in our hearts. And if, and if we listen to others who, who spout hatred, so even from my perspective, I'm not going to be agreeable with people on my own side if they handle their own rhetoric in a hateful way mm-hmm. because it's not going to take us to a good place. Yeah. And it's yeah. not really living out the gospel, but that doesn't mean be a switch. I mean, we better have backbone right now. We better have backbone of steel. We better speak up for our rights, and we better speak up for the rights of others who are being targeted, even if they are not, even if they're not Christians. It's not just about Christians, because the more we can help defend others, the more leverage we have even to defend ourselves. I mean, that is my perspective. Right. Well, the, the, the whole Catholic faith, as you know this, is, is universal. And, and when we talk about the magisterium and the teachings, we're not saying it's only for Catholics or Christians. They're universal because they, they apply to the human person, body right. and soul, which you know so well. We're talking with a Beverly Talk licensed social worker. This is Social Workers Month, the month of March. And this organization, I spoke to them a few years ago. I was so impressed. And you can find them at CSWNA.org. That's Catholic Social Workers National Association. I imagine we only have a few minutes left. I have so many other questions. I have to have you back on. Mm-hmm. It must be so frustrating for you knowing the the beauty of the Catholic teaching, how it applies to the dignity in the human person, and how so many people ignore it. And then, for example, I don't know if you heard about this story, but there's a school in New York City that is now banning the words mother and father. You can't use mom and oh. dad anymore. And yet we know the family and that structure. We see it through scripture. We see it through sociology and the research. Everything goes against the family, and yet it's the family and how we are formed, because God came to us in a family, that is going to be among the many answers of of solving the problems that we have in our world. Well, that's right. So one issue is, to what extent are people going to go along with that? 
mean, mm-hmm. the American people need to uh, be realistic about where these things go. Why in the world would, should we allow people to tell us how, what language we're going to use when these are just basic realities of life? And so um, I just don't intend to give up n- normal language because someone else says, oh, that you can't use those words. Um, but, of course, people are allow fear to overwhelm them because they think, well, maybe my child will be mistreated by a teacher or kicked out of the school. Well, we're going to pay a price either now or later right. for the decisions we make. Mm-hmm. So either we make decisions now to stand up for common sense, actually, and our faith, or we're going to end up plowed over. And so this is a very, this is a tipping point, I think, historically in the nation. And um, and it's time to step up to the plate for all of us and to uh, stand up for what we believe, speak out, find your voice. And But we don't, you know, there's a way to do these things that's kind of obnoxious, of course, it depends on the, who defines obnoxious, and there are ways to do it that are very powerful and hard to argue. Right, right, and you so do it. You do it lovingly. Ourselves. Yeah, you have a conversation. Yeah. You you bring it out, as you said. You, you you offer the information, and some people are going to take it. Others aren't. That's not your responsibility. Your responsibility right. is to share what you know. You're an expert in this, and also a devout Catholic. So you have a responsibility to put that forward. What that person does with it. You know, we can't control, but we have we have the obligation that we have to put truth out there. Wow. Beverly, I'm so glad we had the, the chance to talk with you. I'd like to have you back on because I have so many other questions. Because what you do in social work, in looking at the whole person, is so, so important. So check out the great work of the Catholic Social Workers National Association. Check out their homepage, cswna.org, cswna.org. And thank the social workers that you know in your life and pray for them because they are right there on the front lines and have been for some time, cswna.org. We'll be right back to wrap up the show and let you know what's coming up on a Monday. Stay tuned. Nestled under the warm Florida sun is a university whose name indicates a vocational call. Ave Maria, Latin for Hail Mary, recalls the angel Gabriel's announcement to Mary of her future vocation, becoming the mother of God. Enriched by God's grace, Mary freely ascends to this call. This is the model for all students. Come to Ave Maria University, where you'll be empowered to clearly see your vocational call, whatever that call might be. Ave Maria University, your vocation location. Visit AveMaria.edu. People ask how they can care for older family members who can't fully care for themselves. One answer is Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Visiting Angels assists adults nationwide with 600 locations to continue living at home and not have to move into a nursing home. Their caregivers provide assistance in hygiene, meals, and light housework. Services are provided up to 24 hours per day, and you can select your caregiver before service begins. More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com. This program is brought to you by the following nonprofit underwriter. As Catholics, we are called to protect life at every stage, but our culture continues to impose threats against the sanctity of life, making the pro-life cause the preeminent social issue of our time. But there is hope. The Christ Medicus Foundation and CMF Bureau have partnered with one of the country's leading health care ministries to provide Catholics with a pathway to pro-life, Christ-centered health care. Support the culture of life and learn more about CMF Curo at MyCatholicHealthCare.com. That's MyCatholicHealthCare.com. This program is brought to you in part by Charity Mobile, a proud partner of Ave Maria Radio for over 10 years. 
Charity Mobile is the pro-life cell phone company and has sent nearly $2 million to thousands of pro-life charities. 4G LTE coverage is available nationwide, and 5% of your monthly plan cost goes to your favorite pro-life charity. A video introduction is available at CharityMobile.com. Charity Mobile, everyday living, effortless giving. CharityMobile.com. Wishing you a blessed, beautiful weekend. Don't forget to stay tuned all weekend long and every day to EWTN and Ave Maria Radio, AveMariaRadio.net, EWTN.com. A little tease, as we say, for the Monday show. We're going to have Gail Buckley on with our scripture verse of the week that gets you started. Remember, Bible, basic instructions before leaving Earth. And then my friend Lewis Brown from CMF Curo is going to be joining us. He's going to be taking an in-depth look at the impact this new stimulus package is going to have on Catholics in the healthcare industry, healthcare in general, and where does this put us in terms of funding for abortion? And how do we speak up about this, as we just heard from Beverly from the Catholic Social Workers Association? God bless you. Have a great weekend. Ciao, ciao. See you on a Monday. You've been listening to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio. Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Andrew Kruchek. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net. That's A-V-E-MariaRadio.net. Thanks for listening and join us next time for another edition of Catholic Connection. proclaiming the truths of our Catholic faith. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. All men are invited to come to the table where grace begins on Saturday, April 10th at St. Francis of Assisi Catholic Church in Frisco for the 10th annual North Texas Catholic Men's Conference. The guest speaker is Father Larry Richards. The event takes place from 8 a.m. to 12 noon and tickets are $25. During the morning conference, safe distancing measures will be in place and so attendance is limited per church and diocesan guidelines. For more information and to register, visit ntxcmc.org. KATH 910 AM sponsors Sacred Heart Books and Gifts in Dallas is your one-stop shop for all things Catholic. Religious books for all ages, unique gifts for every Catholic celebration, and much more. Our local Catholic bookstores need our support. Sacred Heart Books and Gifts is located at the northwest corner of Coit and Campbell Road in Far North Dallas. Visit today or call them at 972-250-2100. That's 972-250-2100. Blessed be God, blessed be His holy name, blessed be Jesus Christ, true God and true man, blessed be the name of Jesus, blessed be His most sacred heart, blessed be His most precious blood. Blessed be Jesus in the most holy sacrament of the altar. Blessed be the Holy Spirit of Paraclete. Blessed be the Great Mother of God, Mary most holy. 
Blessed be her holy and immaculate conception. Blessed be her glorious assumption. Blessed be the name of Mary, Virgin and Mother. Blessed be Saint Joseph, her most chaste spouse. Blessed be God in his angels and in his saints. Thanks for listening to KATH 910 AM, Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth. Catholic Radio for your soul in North Texas on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Heard also at grnonline.com and on your smartphone.